From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and equipped through this podcast as we have conversations with friends from around the world. You can subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own Adventures in the Spirit. And now we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. I want to encourage you guys, if you want to hear God's voice and prophesy, I have a free PDF download with you in mind so that you can hear God for yourself and you could prophesy by encouraging, comforting, and edifying other people through entry-level prophecy. So please be my guest and download the free PDF, which is right here on the podcast description and the podcast notes. Today, I have a very special episode with my new friend, Tammy Sutherland. She's on staff at the International House of Prayer in in Atlanta, and she's the host of the Voice of the Burning Ones podcast. And Tammy is a sought after prophetic speaker, author, and revivalist. When she speaks, prays, and releases the fiery love of God, she provokes people to hunger for God alone. The lost are saved. The sick are healed. Burnt out leaders bow to their knees to their first love again. And dreamers begin to dream again. And destiny is awakened in hearts that have fallen asleep. Please welcome to Adventures in the Spirit. Tammy, thank you for being on this program today. Thank you so much for having me, Jared. An well, honor. It's an honor and a pleasure to have you on. And I know that you've been busy. You're a fiery revivalist, a prophetic, you know, seeing signs and wonders take place. You've got the Voice of the Burning Ones podcast and God's opening incredible doors for you. But I'd like to get our audience, if they're not familiar with you or acquainted with you, I would love to hear your story and how you came to know Jesus. Absolutely. One of my favorite stories. So the the short and long of the story is whenever I was in middle school, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, but I grew up in a Methodist church. So I grew up in this little itty bitty small country church in South Carolina, always fascinated by this flag that would sit in the edge of the room and it had a fiery flame on it. But I never really understood like, what is the fire about? You know, because I'm sitting in a little small country Methodist church. And so I'll get baptized in the Holy Spirit in middle school. Long and short of that story is that my parents didn't know what to, uh, how to take of that. It was a Pentecostal uh, church camp. And so I wasn't really mentored in the things of the spirit, but God marked me. He started, he awakened a prophetic gift in me. He awakened an awareness of his voice and of his spirit. Um, but the, the downside of that, and many of you, if you have prophetic kids, it's so important to know how to handle that awakening of that spirit spiritual things. But the downside of it is my parents didn't know what to do with the, the seer and the hearer that was in their home. And so uh, long and short of that story is I fell. I fell away from the Lord in my, in my last years of high school, first year in college. Um, I was sexually abused and I ended up hitting rock bottom because I was seeking for something that was real. I was looking for something more than religion. Um, and I was at a crossroads. And so 
Uh, I found myself in a church that was a non-denominational church. It had 24 hours of worship and prayer going on for 40 days, 24-7 around the clock for 40 days. And I found the Lord again in that place, in that church, and I pretty much camped out there for those 40 days. And so God in that time. You know, time reawakened the burning in my heart, began to hear his voice again. He began to call out destiny in me. He began to uh, minister to my heart. But God really captured my heart when I was 20 years old and I had caught on fire. And I have made a decision in my heart to never, ever again allow that flame to get uh, squelched or put out. Amen. And it's it's all from that encounter with Jesus and time and the presence mm-hmm. of God because you're burning for Jesus. You're I would like to know a few of those powerful, fiery encounters that you had with Jesus during that time. Oh, wow. See, you know, I tell people this. I was actually born again into revival. I was, and I didn't, I did not know that. I didn't have language for it, but my heart came alive. I was so hungry for the presence of God. I opened up the word and it said, you know, heal the sick cleanse the leper, raise the dead. And my first thought was, why aren't we doing this? You know, it's in the word. Why aren't we doing it? And so myself and a couple of my college friends, um, we started fasting and we started praying and we were just like, hey, let's do some of this stuff that it says in the word that's supposed to be taking place. And so we would go out and we would hit the streets and we would pretty much pray for anything that would move. But we would, you know, we would command doors to be opened. You know, we would begin to speak the things and just like it said to do in the word. And we would just spend our time praying and fasting and we we would go on our campus and we would hold meetings and we actually founded a uh, campus ministry and there were kids of every denomination and every race and every gender that would pack a room at nine o'clock at night until, you know, they would make us leave and we would worship our guts out until they would just, just shut it down. And so out of that, I didn't know I was experiencing revival. I thought that was just normal. Um, we just began to see God do amazing things. We began to see people get delivered. Um, we, we saw a woman that was functioning in witchcraft get set free. We saw people get healed. I mean, it was just like the faith level that we, I mean, my friends and I were walking in at that time was unbelievable. And so I tell people like I was actually born again into revival and didn't even know it. It was just normal Christianity to me. Well, it is. It's supposed to be normal Christianity for all of us. Yes. You know, look at the book of Acts. Right. The Holy Spirit was poured out and and they were used in th- those moments to speak in tongues, prophesy, heal the yes. sick, all in one, you know, just amazing things. And so I, I'm excited for uh, revivalists such as yourself, prophetic voices who are calling people back into the presence of Jesus first and foremost, but also to receive that life-changing encounter with him. So I can totally identify with what you're talking about. And I believe, I firmly believe that even though life could be a roller coaster, we need to have Jesus as our first love through it all. I would love to know how followers of Jesus can continue to keep that fire burning in them and to live the spirit-empowered life, no matter what is taking place around us. 
You know, that's a loaded question. And <laughs> I spend a lot of time, honestly, in my ministry talking about that very thing. It's a passion of mine, Jared, to see people live a lifestyle of constant, um, perpetually stoking the flame of God in their heart. And it, it's not easy. It's, you know, it's not this, you know, three steps and, and you've got it type thing. This is a journey. This yeah. is a lifestyle. You, I was, I was actually preaching a message just last night. You've not been saved for something you've been saved for someone. And so the invitation is into intimacy with the Lord and the signs, the wonders and miracles and things, those things, they follow those who believe. But if we aren't in this perpetual relationship with him in prayer and fasting, studying the word and actually finding ourselves lovesick, we're going to actually lose that fire. We're going to burn out. And the things that I write about in the book are actually keys to living a lifestyle on fire and breaking the chains of compromise that we're you know, faced with in our generation. But it also includes the ups and the downs, the hills and the valleys, the adversity. It's the refusing to quit. It's the refusing to give in. It's the revelation that Jesus um, walked through adversity in order to bridge the gap between us and the Father. You know, we, we have to understand that God has created us for Him, not not just for this earth, but for eternity. We're eternal beings. But in this world, there will be trouble. But he said, behold, I've overcome the world. And so if we have the wrong mindset, if we think prayer is just, you know, our to-do list that we present before the Lord, then we're going to find ourselves either stuck in religion and legalism, or we're going to burn out and we're going to walk away. And so we've got to get our, our mind right. We've got to get our heart right. And we've got to understand that he's inviting us into a lovesick relationship with him and to walk on this journey with him every single day, renewing our mind daily, changing our heart and changing our mind, living a lifestyle of repentance. That's what repentance means. To, to change your mind, to change the way you think about something, you know, living that as a lifestyle and, and you're going to, you're going to have ups and downs, but you're going to actually find yourself allowing um, those pressures to, to create perseverance in you and character in you and a greater, stronger walk with the Lord in you. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's very much a passionate topic for me. Oh, I, I love it. I love it. And um, I would like to know, maybe you could share just some prophetic supernatural encounter that you've specifically have had with Jesus in the glory realm. Because my podcast, we love to hear people's stories and, and things like that. I, and I want to get your personal story or maybe even how God formed you and you kind of realized your calling into your prophetic destiny. Some people have, and I know you, you share in your book, Permission to Burn, some supernatural things that had taken place. Would you mind just a couple of those? Yeah. So, you know, these things are so, they're so precious to my heart. One of the main encounters that I had with the Lord, I've had two very, very significant count encounters with the Lord that, you know, one of those benchmark encounters that I could talk about. But this one in particular in 2007, I was um, at the call. And if you don't know about the call, it's now called the Send. Lou Engel um, oh, founded <laughs> a lot of the, you wouldn't believe it, Jared, a lot of the younger generation don't even know about the call anymore. I was there in 2000 in DC and then um, LA and then I took Come my on. my twelve year old at the time to the send. Oh man, powerful! Come on. Come on, yeah, man, we're working with some of these younger people, and they don't know what the call is anymore. Makes you feel old. <laughs> but still but, young, still young. Yeah. <laughs> in two thousand seven, we had done the forty days of fasting, and they met in Nashville. We are we met in Nashville. 
and it was a hundred degree weather. We did the whole entire day. And there was this point during the, during, during the procession, during the call, I don't know if it's in the afternoon, probably around three o'clock in the afternoon. And I, I literally, God literally like wrecked me. He, he literally took me up. And I was, he gave me a glimpse of the bridal revelation. It's the only way I know to explain it. I literally was able to see in the spirit, the train of his robe filling that stadium. And it just so happened to be during a, they actually had weddings in 2007 at the call. And so it was during that wedding procession that the Lord took me up in this four hour encounter. It was so much so that my husband actually uh, thought that I had passed out. They, they were people worried about me, you know, it was a hundred degrees. I had been fasting and I did refuse to eat or drink anything, but I was, God, God took me into this encounter and he showed me the revelation of his longing for his bride. And he began to speak to me that he would impart within my heart, within my soul, this bridal message, the message of his coming in the last days, and that it would be a message that would bring forth awakening into a generation. And in that encounter, I believe I thought that I was lovesick. I thought that I was passionate before that point. But at that point, it was like God drew a line in the sand for me. And he invited me into a mystery. He invited me into something that I'd never really seen or heard before. I knew of the bridal revelation, but I didn't know him as the bridegroom in the way that I did during that encounter. And it says that deep calls into deep and spirit speaks unto spirit. And that was the way this encounter was for me, Jared. It was spirit to spirit. It was heart to heart heart. It was soul to soul. It was the revelation of the beauty of Jesus as a bridegroom. It blew identity confusion in my life out of the water. It took away any question that I had about my sonship or my daughterhood. It actually transformed me from wondering, you know, if he really wanted to use me or if, you know, I was just kind of going about this thing with a, a false hope or a false desire. It transformed my entire vision from seeing myself as a person who was just along for the ride, as one who was given a message that was to be released, actually to call an entire generation. And I'm not just talking about the, the Gen Z or millennials. I'm talking about the people that are on the earth in this moment into their calling, into uh, a living a lifestyle of hungering and thirsting and longing for Jesus, the bridegroom. Oh, amen. And you hit something. You said the word transformed or transformation. You know, we could have supernatural experiences, but we need to walk away from them totally yes. changed, transformed, something different about us as we're pursuing Jesus, because there's a lot of different supernatural encounters and people could choose even to, they could have an encounter. I mean, look, look at in, in the book, of, the gospel of John, the, they came to arrest Jesus People were slain in the spirit when Jesus said, I am he, but they still got up and arrested him and he was still crucified. Wow, so on. our supernatural encounters need to change us and transform us. And yes. I hear you saying that it, and it needs to be authentic. That's, right. I, I know that that's what you're implying as well, that these encounters yes. need to be authentic. And that's what I want to encourage people watching or listening in. Encounter Jesus, be changed, be transformed, pursue him passionately in the presence. And um, just like my friend Tammy here is sharing how she's fallen in love with Jesus over and over and over. And it's a, a lifestyle of it. But Tammy, I'd like to hear some testimonies of healings or miracles that Jesus through you has done, mm. that it's for his glory, but it's through you as you've 
submitted and committed to him. You know, honestly, Jared, one of the greatest miracles that I ever see the Lord do is pour out a spirit through mm, me. Amen. You know, we've seen people healed and I just feel his presence right now. I want to weep. We've seen people healed and we've seen deliverance. God's given me such an amazing just gift to see people set free. But one of the greatest encounters, the greatest miracles is that he pours out his spirit. And you read my bio and it's not just, you know, it's not just language. I've truly seen people who are in ministry and been in ministry for many, many years who were just going through the motions, mm -hmm. fall in love with Jesus again. I've seen people um, just with one hand laid on hands of prayer and sitting in a meeting begin to weep and groan and receive not just a sorrowful gift of tears, but a longing for an intimate, uh, an intimate encounter with him that lasts and continues on and on. And there's one thing that I talk about in my book. And it's this prayer of holy dissatisfaction. And it's really is, you know, we talk about signs and wonders and miracles and all of these things should point to his return. All of these things should point to the gospel. All of these things should point us back to the cross. And one of the most powerful things I believe that the Lord has given me to steward in my hands is the ability to awaken this holy dissatisfaction mm -hmm. in a generation. You see, we find ourselves lukewarm. We find ourselves going through the motions, but there's some Something about this prayer. And it's re the reason that I wrote the book and that I've seen the Lord and I simply will do this. I simply will feel the fire of God come on my hands and the burning my belly. And I begin to feel this tears that would just well up in my heart, my, you know, just well up in my eyes. But, and, and I'll go and I'll lay hands usually on some young man or some young woman. And I'll put my hands on there and I'll just begin to pray. I pray that God will mark you with holy dissatisfaction. I pray that you would never be satisfied with anything but him all the days of your life. And I've literally watched the Lord transform people and they follow up with me. They'll contact me, text me, message me later on and be like, what did you pray for me? What did you do for me? Because ever since you prayed that, I have literally not been satisfied. I've felt a constant burning or a constant intercession in my heart or my soul. You know, they'll share these stories and they don't know what to do after that because they've truly been marked with what uh, you know, the Sermon on the Mount calls spiritual hunger. And so I've seen the sick healed. I, you know, one of the things that happens often is headaches get healed. And, you know, and to me, like headaches, what's that? It's a small thing, you know, but that that's just one of the things that happen very often. Very often people get delivered from demonic oppression um, and even possession. We've seen that. But the most powerful thing in my heart, I believe, is what is the baptism. I believe it's a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire that marks people to literally be lovesick and be willing to give their lives for the gospel. Oh, that is so good. Now, that's the name of my ministry is Fireborn Ministries because of Acts 1-8 and Acts chapter 2 verses well, the whole chapter, but especially verses one through four of Acts chapter two, the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Yes. Uh, I've had about a thousand some odd people go through my, my e-course, free e-course on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So you're speaking my language right now, especially now. What we're currently going through, I believe more than ever before, we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Yes. We can no longer hide the Holy Spirit in, in our church's back rooms or on a special yes. one night a month or uh, just for, for camp. It needs to be an ongoing lifestyle. So, Tammy, you're talking about the anointing of the Holy Spirit that you sense, that the, the fire of God in your hands. What do you see? And I would, I'm going to pull on the prophetic right now. What do you see in the days ahead for the bride of Christ? Well, I'll tell you for probably five years, the spirit of the Lord will well up in my 
in my DNA and my guts, and it'll come out in, in a, in a tongue of the voice of the Lord. You know, there's, there's tongues of intercession and, and there's tongues of the Lord speaking this prof- a prophetic tongue. And for about five years, this groan would well up in me and it would be him speaking. And the interpretation was always behold, once again, I will shake the earth. And that's Haggai too, and the the Hebrews twelve reality. Yes, and and we are seeing it. It has begun. And you know, like I said, you know, three four years ago, when whenever I would, you know, this would happen almost in every meeting when I was visiting somewhere, or even in our own home gatherings, you know, it would happen at some point, and it would be the same interpretation. And it was almost frustrating. It was almost like, okay, Lord, we hear you, but I feel like what He was saying is, no, you really don't. You really don't understand the magnitude. And so we've seen that shaking begin. We've seen, we're seeing everything that can be shaken being shaken. We are beginning to understand that we can't put our faith in government. We can't put our faith in the religious system. We can't put our faith in, you know, in the ways and the works of the world that we have grafted into the church. There's one one person that we can put our faith in, and that is Jesus. And it says actually in Hebrews 12, where that uh, Haggai 2 was repeated, is that that the unshakable kingdom, when the shaking comes, that the unshakable kingdom would be revealed. And so you're asking me what I feel like the Lord's doing. What is he saying? He is shaking everything that can be shaken so that the unshakable kingdom can be revealed, which means it begins in the household of God. That's where it begins. It is beginning in the church. It's going to continue in the church. And I believe at the same time that we're experiencing this shaking, things are being stripped away. We're finding ourselves back at, you know, the book of Acts. We're finding ourselves again, having our faith in him. And God is actually going to begin to allow a harvest of souls and a harvest of sin to come up together. That's the wheat and the tares. This is actually, you know, this is scriptural. This is, this is the real thing. We can't expect the harvest of souls, a billion soul harvest to come forth without the harvest of sin. And so God is actually allowing the two to grow up together. And I believe that, you know, in probably in, in waves and then one big boom, but in waves, we're going to see harvest of souls. We're going to see uh, tangible zones of glory. We're going to see the mighty move of God. But at the same time, we're going to see a backlash. We're going to see wickedness rise up. It's going to be the darkness and the light, but the light will overcome the darkness. We're going to see both. And, and people are saying that, is it judgment or is it revival? It's yes. <laughs> yes, it's both. That's where we're going. And I do believe we're living in one of the most powerful times that, you know, that any generation can live in. Jared, I have to tell you this. Last night I was ministering, and this is going to maybe date this program a little bit, but I was ministering here at IHOP Atlanta and a holy fear of the Lord washed over the room. I'm talking about I finished, I read Hebrews 11 and the beginning of Hebrews 12, and there was no music. There was no mood music. There was no, you know, making it happen in the room, but a holy fear of the Lord washed over the room. And primarily it, those that were 25 and under were pinned to the floor for, I don't know how long I finally left. I finally went, took my kids and went home last night, but it was the revelation of his, his coming of his move. And this is what I presented, Jared. I said, some of you are going to see signs, wonders, and miracles, and some of you are going to give your life for the gospel. Are you ready? Wow. Powerful. Very powerful. I'd like to move into two things here real quick. So just two more things. If you could give us a snapshot, because it's an added bonus, you've got this book, Permission to Burn. If you could give our listeners a snapshot, a 
of what to expect in that writing. And then I'd love for you to lead us in an activation. <laughs> well, snapshot of the book. The subtitle is Breaking the Chains of Compromise from a Holy Generation. And that's from, it's to prepare you. It's to equip you to live a lifestyle on fire. You know, we talk about that Matthew 3.11, baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. It's where John the Baptist said, there's one who's coming after me whose sandals I'm unworthy to untie. And he will. He is Jesus. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. After that, he actually goes on to say that the winnowing fork is in his hand and that the fire is going to actually begin to, to burn away those things that, that don't need to be there in that generation and in ours. And so the permission to burn is the permission to constantly live this lifestyle of, of hungering and thirsting for him. It's to embrace the hills and the valleys, to know that for every burning one, there is tw there are 20 that have wet blankets that are ready to put you out. You know, it's giving you permission to walk in a consecrated lifestyle amid a generation that is putting pressure on you from every side to compromise, putting and calling it, you know, calling it religion and, and calling it, you know, uh, too much whenever you're living this lifestyle of hunger and thirsting after the Lord. This book is going to equip you and it's going to encourage you to live a lifestyle to be burning if you're 20, burning when you're 30, if you're 50, Amen. to get back on fire again, to find your first love and him again and to do the works that he's called you to do, but do it from the place of being hungry and thirsty for him. And so it's, the book is encouraging. The book is equipping. The book, I believe, is also supernatural because we we prayed over every single page. I say I say we because there's a team of us. You know, if you've Amen. ever written a book, there's a team that goes into that. But we prayed over every page that the tangible presence of the Lord would be there when you read the prayers at the end that you're encountering an impartation from him and infusion so that you can can walk this out. Amen. Yes. And that leads us right into the activation because we're all about impartation and activation. It would be an honor to have you lead us in an activation to hear God. Yes. So Father, I just thank you. Guys, I just want to pray over you. Father, I ask you right now to go into every room, every car, wherever uh, people are sitting. And Lord, blow your spirit. Holy Spirit, come in and blow. Holy Spirit, come in, awaken. Come in and revive. Come in and baptize fresh and anew. God, I pray that you would release fresh fire and fresh wind. Father, I pray that the bruised reeds, God, that would they would begin to be um, healed and stand upright again. God, those that are smoldering wicks, God, those that have just a little bit of fire, God, those that are almost burnt out, Lord, that you would breathe a fresh wind over them right now. Father God, I pray for lifestyles of awakening, lifestyles of um, revival. Father, I pray, God, that even as a sign, as a wonder that you're moving, Lord, that you would begin to heal bodies right now in Jesus name. And I want to pray specifically for you. Some of you guys are waiting uh, for your healing. Some of you are, you guys are just waiting for your miracle, but God is actually inviting you into the storyline. He's inviting you not just to wait on your miracle, not just to wait on your healing, but to begin to be active as one who stretches forth their hands so that he can heal through you. And so I want to invite you right now, if you have somewhere on your body um, that, that is sick or wounded, I ask you right now to put your hand on your own self and you begin to prophesy to yourself. You begin to declare over yourself. And Father, I pray right now against any unbelief. Father, that you would dismantle 
systems of unbelief, systems of religion right now in our hearts and in our minds, and that you would release the power of your spirit. And even as you do that in faith, God is going to begin to actually um, give you a fresh wind of his spirit. And you're going to find yourself marked with holy dissatisfaction. You will never be satisfied again with the mundane or the lack in your Christianity, in your belief system, in the word of God. I pray the word of God comes alive to you and then you begin to grab a hold of it now like you never have before in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Tammy, thank you so very much for being on Adventures in the Spirit. What is the best way for people to connect with you and get more information? Um, You can follow me on Facebook or Instagram, and that is just my name, Tammy Sutherland. And I have a website, TammySutherland.org. You can pick up the book on Amazon. Uh, Right now, probably that's the best place for it. And uh, the podcast is anywhere you listen to your podcast. That's Voice of the Burning One. Awesome. And I, I want to encourage everybody to check out Permission to Burn. It is full of the fire of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I've got the honor of getting an autographed copy. So thank you. If you're watching this overseas in Pakistan right now, please call the number on your screen to give your life to Jesus or even send in your testimonies. Talk to someone and tell them what God just did in you, especially during Tammy's prayer. So if you need to give your life to Jesus, Please call that number. We got people who will be praying with you and for you. And if you're watching this or listening to this anywhere else around the world, please subscribe and share Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky podcast available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and the Charisma Podcast Network and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation in Adventures in the Spirit. We hope that Adventures in the Spirit encouraged and inspired you to press into Jesus and launches you into your own adventure. Subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own Adventures in the Spirit. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts.